It's just a simple phrase. Two words used throughout the Bible like a blinking arrow pointing us towards God's purposes and the responses He desires from us. So that. The So That podcast will trace that phrase through the Bible, blending scripture and biblical study to unpack the answers to some of the biggest questions surrounding life and the God who ordained it. Together, we'll discover his purposes and delve into the God-breathed responses we are to have as his people. Results of a God-focused perspective. 1 Kings 8, 22-30 Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below, who keeps the gracious covenant with your servants, who walk before you with all their heart. You have kept what you promised to your servant, my father David. You spoke directly to him and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep what you promised to your servant, my father David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons take care to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you have promised to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. Listen to your servant's prayer and his petition, Lord my God, so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays before you today, so that your eyes may watch over this temple night and day, towards the place where you said, My name will be there, and so that you may hear the prayer that your servant prays towards this place. Hear the petition of your servant and your people Israel, which they pray towards this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven. May you hear and forgive. I have a batch of stories and a collection of soapboxes I share with a great deal of frequency. I resist the idiom's notion that I'm just riding a bunch of hobby horses, but instead that we see that same sort of thing throughout the Bible. Repeated themes and storylines that have a purpose. Our pursuit of the thread of so that is one of those, but so too is a repeated truth that we're finding in many of these so that passages. The Lord is God and there is no other. All that he wills and allows in the world and individuals' lives has the ultimate purpose of pointing us towards that truth and hope. We see this here in 1 Kings with Solomon's address to the entire Israelite congregation upon the completion of the temple. This was no small accomplishment. This construction project had sprouted way back in the wilderness when God gave Moses the instructions to prepare the tabernacle and its contents for his presence to dwell and for the Israelites to worship. 
Later, the desire to build a more permanent structure was born in the heart of King David. But God responded to that desire with a different builder in mind, David's son Solomon. Now, after careful preparation and focused construction, the temple was complete. We see a strong Solomon, strong in his faith, obedience, and leadership, and for now, taking care to walk before the Lord, sharing truth with the people and giving glory and honor to God. Let me bring out two of my favorite hobby horses here as we meditate on Solomon's words. First, beginning with a focus on God is always the best starting place. As Solomon declares God's character, promises, and faithfulness, he is reminding the Israelites and himself about the source and point of all things. Remembering what God has done in the past, both generally and specifically in our own lives, can give us a God-focused perspective. Solomon's question-and-answer pattern that is echoed in books like Job, Psalms, and some of Paul's epistles is a particularly striking for making that striking point. God cannot be contained. The Israelites who heard these words and all of us who read them get this. Do you realize the vastness of who God is moment? To contemplate, then respond to the sovereignty and majesty of God. Solomon may have been overwhelmed and perhaps nervous at this moment of being the one to complete the temple and lead God's people. But speaking about who God is, how he had kept his covenant with David, And acknowledging the vastness of God and his power gave Solomon a God-focused perspective. He is also modeling and compelling others to do the same. Speaking what is true at times when we may not feel like it's true helps to bring our feelings and emotions under the control of the Lord. Second, what God calls you to, he'll equip you for. That's my second hobby horse. It's possible this truth statement I use at least twice a week may have come from someone or something I heard directly in my past, but I am confident that its truth is sourced in the Lord and His Word. Whether it's me exhorting a brand new mom or my oldest daughter as she takes her first steps into adulthood or a reluctant friend beginning a new ministry role, This statement is true. Remembering that God is so very merciful and kind to give us work to do and roles to fulfill and the fuel of his spirit and word to do those things is so effectual. Remember the vastness of God that Solomon just reminded us about? That God has every right to command and demand anything of the people he created. But he doesn't. He gives us instruction, wisdom, and tools, his very spirit, to work out his purposes through us. When we have a God-focused perspective, realizing that he is equipping us to work out his glory, the weight lifts and hope comes. 
Now we come to three so that's in quick succession in our focus passage. Why is Solomon saying and praying these things? So that God will hear his people. So that he will see and watch over his people. And so that he will continue to forgive and save them. We've been looking closely at the details of these verses, but let's zoom back to the perspective of the whole chapter. Remember that Solomon has recounted the Israelites' exodus from Egypt by the saving hand of the Lord that began with this same kind of notice in Exodus 3-7. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. God heard, saw, and saved. Now Solomon is entreating the Lord to continue knowing that sin that still infects his people despite all he has done and that they need his forgiveness. And as we zoom out even further to the scope of the entire Bible, we'll see God's answer. He hears, he sees, he forgives, and he saves his chosen people. There have been thousands of years since Solomon's prayer, years filled with more people and circumstances than we could ever begin to understand with ebbs and flows of the obedience and faithfulness of God's people. And throughout those millennia, we see God's constant faithfulness. He continues to hear, see, and save. Solomon's prayer has been answered with God's faithful yes. Thank you for joining us today on the So That Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to help others find this resource and don't miss out on future episodes. Have you discovered a So That as you've read the Bible or heard it taught? Share those Bible references with me in the contact section of my website, HeidiJoFalk.com, so I can consider it for a future episode. Until then... Remember that you were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides Him.